0: Best Friends Finance, because when women talk about money, it's worth a million.
1: Welcome to Best Friends Finance. This is Lara Ford and my co-host, Amanda Kessler, joining us today. And Amanda, do you remember that time when we had Katie Green on, a certified financial planner, and she talked about how important an emergency fund was? Yeah, that feels really relevant right now, doesn't it? Really relevant, like it's
0: on right now. The emergency is here. We we talked about that kind of in like abstract terms. It is no longer abstract. We are in the midst of COVID-19. We're recording this on April 21st, and the emergency is here. We're going to talk today about how to build your emergency fund in the midst of an emergency, whether you are one of those whose income is steady, so you're not currently facing uh, income loss or reduction in your income or you're someone whose income has been slashed or potentially lost as a result of COVID-19. So how much do people want in
1: their emergency fund? I mean, ideally, you want three to six months. But, you know, there are even the Susie Orbins of the world saying, having gone through something like this pandemic, global pandemic, you know, in the future, saving a year or two out is going to be really smart.
0: Doesn't that sound nice right now? So, when, yeah, it does. Katie, when Katie Green was on, she said, you know, at least three months for everyone. But then she talked about people whose income is lumpy, as in it goes on and off. You have more at sometimes less at others or uncertain. You want to definitely go at least for that six months. And at this point, I think a lot of us are wishing that we had even more than that. The good news is, if you are in a position to do so, it's actually a great time to be padding your emergency fund. And depending on what you do, you may not have currently experienced any reduction in your income, at least not yet. Or you may be dealing with reduced income or your job loss. So we're going to address all of the situations. So first, let's talk about um, how to build your emergency fund when you are currently in a position of steady income. So your income has not decreased because of COVID-19. So
1: here's the thing. Laura, are your expenses drastically reduced? a lot I mean you know from the gas in our car we're not shopping you know we're not going to restaurants we are doing we're trying to support local and we're doing a lot of takeout but I mean let's face it we're saving up the bar bill there's not you know there's we don't sporting save, events sporting event oh my goodness sport music event. yes a kids activities I mean we're getting refunds on, I mean, we have college age um, daughter. We're getting a refund from meal plans, which is really nice that, you know, she's not using. So we are, you know, and vacations are canceled. Yep.
0: And based on both of our routes, because we're on zoom right now and I can see Laura and myself in the screen, <laughs> we are definitely not spending money on personal care, at least not our hair
1: that no hair, no nails, no pedicure, definitely saving money there as well. And gas, did I already say gas? Oh my yeah. gosh. And even if you did fill up right now,
0: I heard someone said it's under a dollar a gallon. I haven't looked at that, but I heard this morning on the news that for the first time ever, um, the oil prices have gone negative, meaning that oil producers are actually paying people to take oil off their hands. I have never heard of such
1: they don't have anywhere to store the excess oil right now. It's a huge issue and topic here in Texas for sure.
0: Oh, I bet. So, yeah, most most of our normal expenses other than groceries have definitely been reduced.
1: You may be experiencing a slightly higher, you know, energy bill because of the increase of laptops, TVs, you know, your lights, uh, are on in your home, um, as well as you know, slightly higher water bill with all the extra dishwashing. I don't know about you, Amanda, but our dishwasher is going. It feels like twenty four seven. I'm constantly loading it and unloading it.
0: Oh yeah, when you cook seven meals a day, which is
1: what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of dishes. Um, we have been watching our. Light bill. I briefly just asked my husband the other day, you know, what about our light bill and water bill? And he said he hasn't seen a huge increase in it. So, but it's something to just be mindful of. You may see an uptick um, in that. And I mean, I was going to tell you that for a dishwashing tip, it's actually more economical to run your dishwasher. You only use four gallons to run your dishwasher as opposed to for every two minutes you have your faucet on, you're using that same four gallons of water. So, Rinse your dishes lightly, throw them in the dishwasher and go with it. It's not going to increase your bill because you're running the dishwasher more. Good tip because I hate hand washing. So that's good. (laughs) We, because we, just the two of us live here, we're empty nesters. We are constantly just kind of hand washing our stuff, but it's actually more economical to run the dishwasher. Okay so another thing I've heard Amanda from several several of my friends is that they're spending a little bit of extra money on their workspaces for themselves especially if they're not you know used to working at home and their kiddos because they want their kids to be in a creative more productive workspace. So I just, you know, I always just say, just be mindful. These are, this is, this is temporary. And you know, there's no sense in spending large sums of money on any kind of furnishings that you don't want permanently in your home. And then my last little pro tip, which I think this is so relevant because I know my workspace is like, has so much lighting, but now is a good time to look at your lighting wherever you're working from. If it, now is a good time to upgrade it um because the the better your lighting is wherever you're working, the more productive and more creative that you can be in your workspace. So, if you haven't, you can you know go to your local um hardware store and grab some new light bulbs. They can help you out and tell you which ones are more efficient but also brighter. And I think that makes a huge difference.
0: Yes, I imagine good lighting does make a huge difference. We have so much natural light in my house that I don't think of it often, but that is a good tip. So- what we know is our spending is already dr- drastically reduced because we're on the stay-at-home order. And most of us are still on it and going to be on it for some time. And even if we're not, as the states are starting to loosen their stay-at-home restrictions, we're still going to be spending a lot more time at home than we have before. Like workplaces aren't all going back all at once. So take advantage of this time when you're not spending on gasoline, on commuting, on vacations, on eating out, on all of that. And save that money. This is not the time to be saying, "Ooh, look, we have this extra money left in the checking account. Let's do the, our mudroom me- remodel. I always go back to the mudroom remodel because I really want to remodel my mudroom, but I'm not. Um, or doing an online shopping splurge or booking a weekend retreat at that fabulous ranch up in the mountains or whatever. This is really probably not the time for to do that. Instead, What we're doing with every penny that's extra in our checking account because of this reduced spending is sucking it right into our high-yield savings. The thing about leaving anything extra in your checking account is most of us are likely to spend it. Like, it just disappears. It happens. And to avoid this, my family, my husband and I, we subscribe to our own version of zero-sum budgeting. So the concept of zero-sum budgeting, have you heard of this, Laura, zero-sum budgeting? Well, I give it, I, t- I say the name, like I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is. And honestly, our our concept is a little different, but it's kind of based on that idea. And the concept as written is that you have a purpose for every dollar that comes into your life. So every dollar has Katie Green said this. She said every dollar has a name. You give it a name, you give it a specific purpose. Um, Dave Ramsey says you spend every dollar, but like you're spending certain dollars towards your goals, your savings goals. So what Steve and I do is we use the personal capital apps budgeting feature and we use that for three or four months and we tracked our spending to see what we were actually spending monthly on just our normal life. And first thing we realized was we were spending way too much. Secondly, thing we realized was it varied from month to month, but we knew just by looking at it, we could reduce that and continue to be able to cover the things we needed to cover just by being mindful. So when we looked at our budgets for things like kids' sports and entertainment and going out, um, there was a lot of room to make changes there. So ultimately, what we decided on was a number. The amount we were going to spend to run our household every month, we didn't, because I, I cannot get down to this level of minutia. We did not break down every single spending category Um, We just decided on an overall number like this is what we're living on and everything we make beyond this because my income is lumpy. It goes up some months. um, It's less some months. Everything we make beyond this is going straight into our savings. So just to give you an example for reference, let's say your goal is to live on $6,000 a month and anything beyond that goes straight into savings. You, You spend those additional dollars towards savings. If this month you only spend $4,000 because you're not buying gas, you're not going to the movies, you're not going out out to eat, do not let that extra $2,000 be absorbed elsewhere. Immediately move it into your emergency fund. That's how you build an emergency fund during an emergency. You keep socking everything away that you're saving. Um, So if you don't really have a specific monthly budget, but you want to do this, you can look at a few months of credit card transactions online and sort by category. So you can just click category and then it'll list them in order of categories. So all the groceries will be first and then you'll see all of the entertainment, all of the restaurants and you'll know like, okay, I spend about $400 on gas and about $500 a month on restaurants. Now that you're not driving or eating out, there's $900. So for the month of April, can you take $900 and immediately move it into your
1: emergency fund? Don't leave it where you might spend it on something else. I love that, Amanda. And I have to tell you that um, right before we sat down to do this podcast, that was, I did, I sat down at my personal capital and went through and I immediately moved money aside because I know what we should be living on and not like you said, um, you know, just letting it absorb and go away. So move it out of there the minute you get your hands on it.
0: So since we all have a little extra downtime right now, Um, what could, what could we do right now to, to get ourselves in a position to save?
1: Well, we can start by auditing all of our subscriptions. We've actually talked about that before on a previous episode, but really take a hard look at what you're automatically getting charged for that you don't need or use anymore. You know, there's workout apps, there's, you know, maybe you need to reevaluate your gym membership, um, audible subscription. I'm guilty. I'm still getting that audible subscription. I need to reevaluate that because I'm not listening to as many books on, um, online right now as I normally have in the past. Um, well, and you know, Laura, you can get those from the library now.
0: <laughs> so you don't even need audible because the library has great apps like access 360 and overdrive where you can check out audiobooks free. Really? No joke.
1: Yes. So you're already saving money if you just cut out the fourteen ninety five a month for audiobooks, um, ta <laughs> And get that over into that's one thing too, Amanda. That I don't think that we talk about enough is that when you actually cut these subscriptions, like when I cut audiobooks out of my fourteen, if I cut that fourteen ninety five out of my budget. I need to take that fourteen ninety five and, like you said, not let it get absorbed somewhere, but actually move it. Even if it's fourteen dollars and ninety five cents, move it into a high yield savings account. Right, and I think people that we're also guilty of that. We find a way
0: to trim some uh, dollars in our budget, and then we don't out. We don't give them a name, which should be emergency fund or retirement or whatever your
1: specific financial goal is. so and of course, if you got a stimulus check, you got that $1,200 per person, plus $500 per child, and you aren't experiencing an economic hardship. uh, You know where that goes, Amanda, right into that emergency fund. Now is the time. Have you had anyone ask you because I have had multiple people text me. Since we have this podcast now, they're like, what should I do with this? And I'm like, do not touch it. In fact, our daughters hit her account and, um, I said, you need to, and she said, I already moved it. I said, okay, good. So
0: Uh, good job, mama.
1: So that's the deal for people
0: whose income has not decreased or been affected by COVID-19. But we know there are a lot of people out there whose income has been affected or might even be gone at this point. And this is what that emergency fund you started is for. So we're going to give you five tips for how to keep going during these tough times and continue to be able to sustain yourselves um, while you're getting through this income dip. So first of all, is take advantage of everything that's available to you. There are programs out there meant for times like this. First of all, you got your stimulus check, so hopefully you immediately had that boost to keep you afloat for a bit. Secondly, unemployment. File if you qualify. If you qualify for unemployment, file for it. On average, 5.5 million claims have been filed each week in April, which is, unbelievable and unprecedented, but it shows you there is no shame. This is there for you and you take advantage of it if you qualify. And third is the Payment Protection Program through the Small Business Administration. So small business owners, um, this is there to help them keep their employees on and keep things afloat, keep payroll going through this soft time in their business. But guys, if you are an independent contractor, if you're a gig worker, if you're self-employed, this applies for you too. If you work for yourself, you're eligible because you need to be able to keep yourself on the payroll. You need to pay yourself to stay afloat. So we're recording this on April 21st. Currently, the first round of funding has been depleted, but it's back in front of Congress. They're working through it, and it sounds like they're about to pass another round of funding. So as soon as that additional funding is approved, Um, they're going to continue with those small business loans. So if you have not already applied, you might look at your bank that you do your business banking with or your personal banking with and see if they're accepting applications pending the approval of additional funding. If you use it for payroll, for mortgage interest, for rent, it will be forgiven in its entirety. And even if there's some or all of it that's not forgiven, uh, there's a two-year maturity rate on that loan and it's an interest rate of 1%, which you're never going to get in any kind of loan. So take advantage of all those programs that are available to you. That's our first tip. And second is cut your costs just by asking. So if you are in a financial bind at this point, reach out and ask everyone that you're making monthly payments to if they can cut you a break. So Laura and I follow Ramit. I think it's Sete, Um, Sorry if I butchered that. But he is an author, the author of I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And on Instagram, he shared a script for actually making these calls Pick up the phone and say, I'd like to discuss my options with you. I've been a good customer for three years. And COVID-19 is making it tough for me to continue with my regular payments. I'd like you to help me with some options, or I'd like your help with some options. And we're talking car insurance. Like, I know a lot of families with teenagers that have, you know, three, four, five drivers in their household all on insurance. Um, Call your car insurance carrier, call your student loan provider, call your credit card company if you're currently paying um, off a high-interest credit card, Um, even call your landlord, uh, the one thing that we'll mention is the mortgage forbearance issue. So some people are looking at potentially going into mortgage forbearance. And the thing about forbearance is it's not a forgiveness. So it doesn't mean you're you're being forgiven three or six or 12 months of your mortgage. It, that period of forbearance is also not just added to the end of your loan. Instead, at the end of that period, that three, six, 12 months, it's going to be, become due In a lump sum, or you'll have to make a payment plan, and that's going to be on top of your mortgage. So, if you do need a break on your mortgage, don't just stop paying it because if you stop paying it, you go into default, and default is really bad for your credit. Um, Do call to ask about a forbearance, but go into forbearance with open eyes, knowing that it's not free money, it's not free mortgage, it's going to be an additional lump sum you're going to have to come up with at the end of that period.
1: Absolutely. You know, just accept your reality and take action. I mean, that's, you know, the most important thing right now is just be transparent with everyone that you owe money to communicate with them. Even if you don't know what your next steps are, just be willing to have those conversations and don't sugarcoat it. I mean, you know, you have to just accept it. Don't, you know, that head in the sand, mentality is what gets a lot of people in financial trouble in the first place. So, you know, just be willing to have those hard conversations and pay yourself first. Yeah. And possibly pride, right, Laura? Like, you know, we feel bad. I mean, I have a girlfriend who reached out to me and she said, I was able to get my car payment deferred for 30 days. I was able to get my mortgage deferred for a couple of months. That doesn't mean she's, you know, They're deferred to the end of time, as you just pointed out, Amanda. She's going to have to pay those back in the next 12 months. But if you have to do it right now, you have to do what you have to do. There's no shame in that.
0: Absolutely. So, step three is cancel future plans now. Like, we don't want to be big downers. We know there is going to be an end to this, but the end is not quite yet in sight. So, if you've got tickets, for, you know, a travel or lodging booked right now and just hanging out there for travel in the next few months, you might just go ahead and cancel that. If you find yourself in a financial bind right now, get that money, money back into your bank account now and avoid potentially paying late cancellation fees if they're back up and running, but it's still not feeling quite right to take that trip because A, who the heck knows what Bobby Sue next year on the plane has as she's coughing, and B, you know, you are in a financial bind because of the last few months.
1: Well, and right. And let's be honest with the price of gas, maybe this is a great opportunity this summer instead of, you know, booking way ahead. If, if things start to calm down and there's an area that you want to go to and the hotels are open, it might be a great opportunity to take a road trip with your family.
0: It's so funny you say that because we just talked about that today, Laura. We were taking the family to Costa Rica in June. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. But you know what could happen is maybe an awesome road trip to like Jackson Hole later in the summer. And we could take our dog and it would be, I mean, right now that sounds like, that sounds like paradise to
1: me. Right. Load the car, load your car up with the cooler and the kids and the dogs and go somewhere and spend some time and stimulate an economy you know, another um, area in in our country, maybe that's been harder hit or something. But if you have tickets to go to your cousin's wedding in
0: Albuquerque on May 15th, you might as well just go ahead and cancel those. Let's be real.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still dangerous. It's still, you know, it's still too risky to, to travel. You know, and number four is to earn money. What can you freelance? Um, What can you pivot from what you usually do? Are you, you know, are you an artist and you can offer art classes? I actually have a friend who's actually doing that right now. And I think it's so lovely. And there's so many workout studios that have pivoted to an online platform. So there are ways right now to Take a deeper look at what you can do to earn yourself some extra income or create a side hustle, or maybe a plan B for later on down the road. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to make a little bit of extra money and just put it away in an emergency fund. It doesn't have to be for your immediate um, relief now to just increase your standards of living, but actually save and make a bigger impact down the road for your family.
0: One of the best things I've heard is the best time for a plan B is before you need it. The second best time for a plan B is right now.
1: Absolutely. And you know, one thing, Amanda, too, that I heard recently, and I thought this was really relevant, whether you earn $50,000 or half a million dollars a year, you can be broke at any Mm -hmm. income level. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of spending less than you earn. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And number five in our tips for if you are experiencing economic hardship is reallocate. So if you generally fund retirement or college accounts monthly, but you're currently facing not being able to pay just your basic living expenses, I hate to say it because you know how much we love the automatic savings in retirement accounts and college accounts, but just stop. Just take a short hiatus with the intention to go back full bore when you can Use that money to fill in the gap now, and then later in the year, when things are going well again, hopefully you can make that up and hit your your contribution limit on your 401k or whatever else you're working toward, if humanly possible. But you have to give yourself some grace because this is a true emergency, meaning your emergency fund trumps everything for the time being. So if you're feeling the economic effects of COVID-19 and you're struggling just to keep afloat... Remember, take advantage of everything available to you, of your stimulus check, of unemployment, of paycheck protection program, if you are a small business owner or a sole proprietor. Number two, cut your costs by asking anyone that you're paying monthly payments to. Number three, go ahead and cancel those future plans and get your refunds. I actually got a refund today from the dude ranch we were supposed to go to for Mother's Day. Uh, Yep. Uh, Number four earn money. Uh, look at a plan B, a side hustle, an online alternative to what you normally do. And number five, reallocate your savings from that retirement plan if you need to, just for a short while to stay afloat.
1: I mean, and I just want to add, you know, I'm a big into like what you're putting out into the universe. And so I know it's really hard to have perspective when you're stressed out about money, but just try to know that this is a moment in time and it is going to pass and you just have to continue to put out there that, you know, you're richer than you think you are. There's somebody else who always has it worse than you. And it's not always easy to find that perspective, but it's so important and relevant right now.
0: You know, have you heard, um, oh gosh, I can't remember where I heard this, but something like I'll I wouldn't trade my heart for anybody else's heart. I mean, when you think about what some people are going through right now, like I know this is a very terrible time for so many families, but right now, if you have your health, I mean, that's a big deal.
1: It really is. And you have to find the little things you have to get up every day. You have to start your day with that gratitude journal and look around and look at, you know, whether it's just, you got out of bed and you moved your body. Like that is something to be grateful for right now. So it's not always about how much money is sitting in your bank account. Well, I think this conversation was worth a million. Hopefully we brought you all a little
0: light, a little peace today. If you enjoyed this, of course, we would love it if you would share this with people you love in your life who might benefit from talking about money with friends. You can find us on social media, Best Friends Finance, our private Facebook group, or at Best Friends Finance on Instagram. And of course, Go to bestfriendsfinance.com to join our email list and check out the show notes for this and every former episode. So you can check out what's going on, find exciting, fun links. I don't know if we have exciting, we do have
1: links and they're exciting and fun. The links are coming. It's just stay tuned. We're continuing to evolve. Yes, we are evolving. All
0: right. Thanks everybody. Until next time.